As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up all? Aaron, but not that Aaron here to tell you about Sif Pop Writer's Room. For the past several years, there have been a growing amount of writers for SifPop.com providing best ever challenges, movie reviews, themes, legacies, connections, and so much more. Sif Pop Writer's Room is where that all comes together, giving a voice to those words that you read. And on the show, every week is excellent getting to chat such a wide variety of movies with a wide variety of movie lovers, and I'm really having a lot of fun with the show, and I just think that you would too. So check out Sif Pop Writer's Room wherever you listen to your podcast, and we'll see you over there. Just remember to knock first. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that's got a very relatable body. It's great for podcasting. It's Sifpa. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Zamunda! I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, <laughs> and he'd be the first pick for my professional Kablawi team. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. Ahoy! I am pretty agile. Uh, each week we'll chat about movies and television and whatever else uh, from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. He's the conqueror of countries and hearts, the wrestlers of lions, the tamer of elephants, the inspiration for either Timon or Pumbaa. It's Josh Childs, ladies and hey. gentlemen. That goes down as the greatest introduction I've ever had. <laughs> well, the most welcome. inaccurate, but also the greatest. <laughs> well, I changed it slightly and stopped a little bit before uh, the, the rest of the quote in the movie. So, uh, sure, so we'll yeah, just yeah, yeah. leave yeah. that for what it is. Uh, we are excited Josh is back with us. He's a movie lover, actor, director. Always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, also a good friend from way back in the day and uh yeah we spent our members only pre-show kind of catching up with your movie squat how that's going uh fully in post-production and heading on to uh you know figure out what that looks like as far as the festival circuit and getting it out there and really excited for you man it's gonna be fun stuff thank you thank you i appreciate that man yeah we're we're having a good time and it's gonna i'm 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 confident in it and i'm happy with how it's coming out along 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was trying to say something that was like, uh, I don't want to repeat what we talked about before, but I can. I'm allowed to. So it's, it's the greatest movie ever made. That's all I'd say. It's going to be the greatest movie ever made. So I think uh, I think at least you're you're keeping it reasonable and you know shooting mm. at uh, accomplishable goals. I think that's that's really important. <laughs> uh, we are going to have a show uh, today with a couple movies in it. Imagine that coming to America. I'm sorry, coming. Dose America, to, <laughs> yeah. uh, to distinguish it from the first, uh, is going to be one of the movies. And Yes Day will be the other one we are talking about uh, today. And then, of course, we've got a Best Ever Challenge. We're doing Best Ever mi- Movies that have fictional countries in them. And uh, we'll do some Buried Treasure, all that stuff as well. All right, let's kick off the show uh, by talking a little bit about Coming to America. Mm-hmm. You must heed my words before I'm gone, my son. Now, you will be king. But the throne must pass to a male heir. Hakim, it appears you have a son. He must be found. Prepare the royal jet. We are going back to America. Needing a male heir to the throne, Prince Azim returns to Queens, New York to find his long lost son and bring him back to Zamunda. Eddie Murphy returning to the Coming to America franchise. uh, However, what, 30 years later, 35 years later, whatever it might be. Uh, bringing back pretty much everybody from the original. Uh, you're going to mm-hmm. see uh, Sherry Headley, James Earl Jones, uh, adding Wesley Snipes in uh, is a lot of fun. Uh, Arsenio Hall, Kiki Lane, lots of uh, lots of people jumping in here to uh, have a good time. And I I want to ask right off the bat, uh, did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Andrew, what do you got? I loved it. Nice. Uh, I, yeah. I loved it. <laughs> Good. Josh, what about you? Like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Um, On the cusp of uh, did not like it, barely liked it. Where does that land in what you just said? Sorry. Probably just probably just okay. <laughs> just okay. Yeah. The lo- Yeah, just okay. Low side I, of I just say. okay. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. That's exactly where I land, too. I may even be in the didn't <clears throat> liked it uh, camp. Um, I, I, found, I found myself rolling my eyes more than laughing. Uh, and that's just that's not a, a good place to be in. Um, but let's let's hear from you first, Andrew, since you had such a good time with it. Like, uh, what are some yeah. of the things you loved about uh, coming to America? Seeing Eddie Murphy again just put the biggest smile on my face, you know. And uh, this this whole world, you know, of Zamunda and, uh, you know, coming to America. I like how this movie turned it on its head to where... The first movie was all about, you know, this prince from Africa coming to Queens and experiencing, you know, the life of what it was like in, what was it, 1980s Queens, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this movie is all about uh, another person coming to Zamunda and, you know, being introduced to that culture and stuff. And... It's always good seeing Arsenio and Eddie Murphy doing what they do best, and that is playing every character they possibly can in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it's fun. I thought from the get-go that this movie was hilarious. 
especially uh, James Earl Jones, had me rolling. I thought <laughs> King Jacques Jouffer, ruler of Zamunda. Uh, everything about this movie, the cameos I thought were great. Uh, uh, don't get me wrong, even though I said I loved it, I do have some issues with this movie. But uh, sure. for the most part, I, even noticing those those things that I was like, oh, I, I definitely wouldn't have done it that way. I it can't take away from how much I was smiling and laughing during this movie. So I have to say I loved it. Uh, Josh, what are some of your general thoughts uh, coming out of it? I know you landed in the low. It was okay range. Yeah, I thought there was there was definitely some stuff that I in, that I liked and enjoyed. Um, I too liked most of the times when Eddie Murphy and Arsenio were playing the other characters. Uh, I thought I thought most of those landed really well, and I really liked. Um, I, I liked Wesley Snipes in it as well, and I like I like yes. that, like clearly Wesley Snipes and Eddie Murphy are like after um, Dolomite, right? Where they were together, mm-hmm. yeah. I yeah. don't know mm-hmm. if that was the first thing they'd done together, but it's like, oh, I think they're new friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I like that aspect, and I thought he was utilized really well. Um, there were some some of the some of the gags and stuff I thought were really funny. Overall, I I just you once you kind of get where the movie is you just know where it's where it's going the whole time and sometimes it felt it felt like that some of the um heavy load of the storytelling was was thrown away so that they could just spend all their time and energy on the 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 hard comedy bits like you know other spots which is probably not that unlike uh, you know a lot of comedies but the other thing i i did there was something magical about the the original um, it's not even my favorite movie, but I but I got the energy and the magic of it, and I didn't. I just felt like this was overall kind of a lazy up, like you know, what I mean, a, a lazy follow up mm-hmm. to that. Yeah, you echo a lot of the things that I was going to say. Uh, starting with the positive, I do think Wesley Snipes is the best thing about the movie, and I think it's more than just his performance i think it's also because he's one of the only fresh things about the movie you know there's there's Mm. so much time this movie spends in telling the same jokes a different way and i expect some of that i expect that you know to be a, a a part of it but i just felt like it was oh i've seen this movie before now part of this could be that i just watched coming to america for the first time within the last month two months in preparation Mm. for this i had never seen it Uh, And so I am coming fresh off of going, oh, my goodness, young Eddie Murphy just like shoots through the screen. He's like he's this incredible, powerful force. And he's, you know, I there there is something about this that as unfortunate as the word uh, lazy is, I think that's what it is. There's just something that's kind of path of least resistance about what they decided to do here. And for me, it really makes the, the movie come away feeling pretty empty. It just I just come away going, uh, okay, some of that was humorous, some of that was fun, but I mean I, I didn't I'm I'm not better for having spent, you know, uh however much time watching it in, in any way, and I didn't laugh enough that it that it was extremely entertaining to me. So um and and a lot of that has to do with I, I did. I rolled my eyes a lot at the oh, here's the same joke, but we're just doing it this way now. And it just seemed like there was too much of that uh mm-hmm. for me. So so that's kind of where I landed in somewhat of the maybe same if I'd maybe if I'd rewatched the first one recently because I didn't I didn't uh, go back and rewatch it before seeing this one so it would no. maybe that 
would have affected, you know, like, oh, yeah, that's the same joke from when, but it, it was just fun being back in that world for me. Sure, you know, sure. Seeing sure. those characters, especially, you know, the barbershop guys, you know, which I know is Eddie and Arsenio, but it's just, uh, it's like, yeah. yeah, you can say, yeah, it's the same old jokes and everything, but there's also something comforting yeah. about going back and seeing all those, mm-hmm. those same gags again, too. Those guys were actually my favorite. That was my favorite part of the movie was seeing them playing with those characters mm-hmm. again. Um, yeah, and you're right. Like, but but they're it's not the the bits are. I mean, they're different, but the kids because but they're sorry. The bits are the same, but it's because the characters are are the same. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And that's and one of those things where I do feel like that was doing it a service by not changing everything about yeah, you know, like giving that comfort and giving that like, oh, we can count on this those moments with those guys here's a question for you guys can you do a sequel to coming to america without using the same premise as the first one Uh, i think so fish out of water well no i listen you can use the same premise and then put a spin on the premise which i think the the story tries to do i think where it gets bogged down is it tries to put a spin on every single joke from the first movie like you know there's the mm. the bathing okay. scene there's the you know uh the the church scene there's the like just every scene in section in joke even from the first movie there's a callback in this movie now i get that i love callbacks callbacks are hilarious i just it got bogged down in it for me to where i was like okay but where's but wh- but where's the new movie that that you know i'm you know spending some extra time watching this for like where is that you know, uh, in the, in the presentation and it's, you know, it's underneath there in the story a little bit, but I just don't think this, this movie, uh, serves that story. It's more, it feels like it's more there to serve the inside jokes than to serve the story. That's what, Mm, at the end of the day, that's That's fair. I get that. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I don't really have a ton more to say. (laughs) I think I kind (laughs) of emptied my, uh, emptied my chamber pretty quickly. But um, uh, I'll list. I'll throw out some of my negatives real quick. Okay, sure. For the movie, uh, there are some lifelong decisions made by the characters that I feel are insanely rushed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that that again was also in the first one. <laughs> well, yeah, but for some reason in the first one there was an actual, you know, like. I bought it, you know, but for some reason in this one, I'm like, really? You're after set amount of time, you know, maybe because the, uh, there wasn't really, I don't, if I don't remember correctly, um, you don't really notice the time as much as in the first one, because they're not saying like in five days or in such and such time, you know? So you can, you can put however much time you want to fit in your head but here there's a designated timeline and within that timeline you're going wait what (laughs) i did decide to go along with it for that i I did i did have that same feeling in the first one with with the rest with the final resolution and i don't know spoilers for you know coming to america the original (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah but you've they, only had what 32 years yeah, to see it yes so. you've had at least three plus decades so <laughs> I, I feel okay but but i didn't see it till just a month ago so who knows um but you you have this moment where she finds out what's going you know the classic story she finds out that what the truth is that he's been lying to her you know 
whatever. She gets angry. They fight. He goes back to Zamunda. The next time they're together, she's surprising him at the altar of marriage. That is the next time they see each other. That's right. Is that's she right. is standing Oh, that's there. right. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, no resolution. Okay. You guys don't need to talk about anything. You know, just, nope, <laughs> we're getting married. <laughs> So I don't know. So there, there, there is a little bit of uh, of that in the first one, but uh, but yeah. So anyhow, I just that that reminds me. You know me what? That. Yeah, well played. I, I <laughs> totally. It's like I said. It's been a hot minute. Uh, uh, what is today? Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. The first the first time I saw Coming to America was two thousand seven. So it's it's definitely been a hot minute since yeah. I've seen that movie. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Josh, any other thoughts that you wanted to to express about your experience with this movie? I thought uh, I thought everybody in it was was solid. I thought some I people agree. might have been uh, underused. Um, I think Tracy Morgan was underused, um, but uh, sp- specifically. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, like I, I I thought everybody was doing what they what they could with what they what they had. Tracy Morgan. And sometimes that was out of the park, and sometimes that was just nothing you know uh tracy morgan originally was supposed to be the uh, long lost son did you know that originally in the, i didn't it was written for that part was written for him and just because you know things happen things work out differently it didn't end up that way mm. but uh but yeah yeah i thought uh leslie jones you know yeah, was hilarious was in this oh, was really so, really funny. she's always great i think yeah. that's a great point uh josh and i'm glad you said it it's not the performances that i didn't connect to. i think you know these are really funny people doing funny things and uh you know, um, as I mentioned, especially Wesley Snipes for me. But um, yeah, that that wasn't my issue, and I think it's good to to bring that up. I love Wesley Snipes. Oh, uh, here's my biggest com- complaint with the movie. It's not even the timeline issue. Is that I think that there was an untapped potential for a story arc that was kind of made a side uh, a side plot when it could have been the main plot with his oldest daughter. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, mm-hmm. oh man, if you would have focused on that and made that the main story, I think yeah. that that could have been a much more powerful and amazing movie. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think they're supposed to be co a plots. I really, I think the movie wants but it us to feel be, like, but it. it doesn't feel that way. You're right. I, I agree. It does not feel that way. But I yeah. think that 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 seems to me that that would be um, the intent. Um, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. Final thing, there are a lot of post-credit scenes. That's <laughs> true. And that is very true. Uh, yeah, I think I would say if you loved the original, I still, even as, as much as I've kind of downed on it a little bit, I still would give it a shot. Because you, you are going to have a little nostalgia. You are going to have a little fun. Um, you know, you can uh, grab yourself a McDowell's McFlurby or whatever and... and have a good time. See, that's funny. So, <laughs> that's funny. But it's also in the first It was funny movie. 30, 30 years ago. It was very yes. funny. That's right. Yeah. That's okay. Was that John Atmos? Is that who that was? Uh, uh, Amos. Amos. John Amos. 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 Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. And, I love and, that guy. And of course, yeah. for whatever reason, uh, Louis Anderson has made the trip over to Zamunda. So. I, don't, <laughs> I don't know why, but seeing Louis Anderson was... Like one of the like, I'm like, oh my god, Louis Anderson! I haven't seen you in forever. What yeah. have you? Oh, I guess he's in Baskets, but I I quit watching Baskets. I haven't so. seen you I, since I did. Coming to America. In the <laughs> I did, I did. Like with all of that stuff that was going, on, all the throwbacks and every like literally everybody coming back. I was like, well, they can't find a spot for Eric Lasalle. Like they can't let right. Solo. They can't throw a, no, a Solo nod back. 
You know, nothing. nothing. Not a um, thing. Uh, Amazing. Maybe he didn't want to. Maybe he, they had it in the script, and he's like, "I'm good." Could be. Could be. Uh, there you go. I think it's a uh, it's a cautious recommend for me, especially if you liked the the first one. Even though I didn't enjoy it, I think there's enough there that you might enjoy, and obviously Andrew did. So mm-hmm. um, we yeah. kind of throw that out there. All right, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about yesterday. If there's one thing I've learned from being a mom, it's that parents and kids <laughs> always disagree on one thing. No, no, no. Rules. But saying no 50 times an hour? No. Absolutely not. Nope on a rope. It's part of the job. But all of that is about to change. Have you heard about yesterday? It's this new thing where parents say yes to everything their kids ask for for 24 hours. Radical! How am I just hearing about this? Well, yesterdays are like fun, and mom and dad are like fun killers. We are plenty fun. We used to say yes to everything. We can be fun again. Really? Always feeling like they have to say no to their kids. Allison and Carlos decide to give their three kids a yes day during which the kids have 24 hours to make the rules. Uh, Yes day stars Jennifer Garner and Edgar Ramirez as the parents. You've got uh, Jenna Ortega, Julian Lerner, and Megan Stott as the kids. Uh, I'm sorry, Megan Stott is uh, not the third child. Uh, she is the friend in the Nate Faxon playing like the genie in this movie, maybe, or something along those lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is on Netflix. I don't know if I mentioned Coming uh, Dose America is on Amazon Prime, uh, but this one is on Netflix, came out this weekend, and I think is firmly, firmly aimed to that family category of films uh, for families to watch together. Uh, what did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Josh, you get to start us off this time. What did you think? Um, I liked it. Nice. I'll say I liked it. I th- I feel like it was for what it was aiming for. What I I, I liked it. That's my the, personal preference. Might be you know closer to the coming America feelings, but uh, you know watching it with my family and in the setting it's intended um, that it was intended for. I uh, I liked it. All right, Andrew. I don't have a family, so I hated it. No, um, <laughs> no, it was okay. It was fine. Yeah, it's not. It's not a movie aimed. I'm not the demographic, so uh, there are moments where I chuckled. So yeah, I don't regret watching it. It was okay. Yeah, I'm gonna land right there with you, Andrew. Uh, I think this was for me. It was just okay, and there were moments of this movie that maybe move it more towards the high side of just okay. Because I do think there are flashes of real fun in this movie. Um, I don't think the whole movie maintains that, but I do think there are some some real flashes of fun. Um, Josh, what are some of your general thoughts um, on this one? Um, well, watching these uh, kind of, these movies back to back, I mean, not, the, it was two different days, but you know, close right. together. Um, I think that's part of the reason I put I liked it because I did walk away enjoying it more than coming to america although it's probably is just okay you know what i mean like mm-hmm. that i think that's my brain my heart is it, i liked it um i thought premise was really uh it was a solid premise uh, i've never read the book i don't know how true it was to the to that story um i thought um everybody in it was was solid i really liked um the dad say his name for me um uh edgar ramirez, ramirez. Edgar, i know i'd seen him but I, I couldn't i couldn't tell you where i've seen him you know what i mean um and i thought the youngest girl was just cues the dickens um and i thought everybody was i thought everybody was good i loved uh my favorite stuff was probably the nate Faxon stuff 
Um, I'm a fan of him anyway. Um, but the fact that they, they just kind of let him play, I thought was, was a really smart choice. Um, but, but, oh, but, but there was, there was holes. I have had, I wrote yesterday, I would have had a whole different, um, lineup for what they did that day. Um, mm-hmm. that's the, that was maybe my biggest thing. I was like, Oh, that's, I guess that's fun. Everything was like, oh, I guess that's okay. But I would have had a more dynamic, like I would have, I would have, I, I wanted more dynamic, like yesterday excursions and then a lot more just peppered throughout like that. I feel like that's yeah. the premise is like, give me, give me like every moment there's, there's yes, something, you know, decisions being made. Like you got the top five, but then, you know, give me some, give me micro yeses all over the place. Yeah. Anyway. I probably yeah. said too much for just the intro thoughts, but anyway. no, 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 no. That's that's perfect, and I think you bring up uh, a really valid point about this movie that that I want to echo, which is it does not. Uh, I don't think use its premise to the fullest. It really doesn't find a way to make the fun of this into something bigger than just like three set pieces, you know. And it's like, mm-hmm. man, there's there could be a lot more to how you're using this, a lot more to what you're doing. Uh, with the idea of a yes day um, throughout the day, both in small and big ways. And, and the set pieces all felt kind of similar, right? Like they all felt, um, you know, kind of along the same lines. Uh, now, mm-hmm. having said that, I think the um, the uh, Kablawi or, or whatever scene, I think it's just fun. I think there's just a lot of fun there and it's well shot and it's yeah. clever and there's really funny play on... You know, a lot of the idea of how they set it up and that the people that are there are there under false pretenses. And I thought that was all really funny. Um, So, I, you know, I wouldn't want to lose that. I guess I just wish more was done with the other uh, kind of set pieces, the bigger Yes Day things. Um, So that's me. What about you, Andrew? Yeah, um, I think that Jennifer Gardner is actually, I think she's well suited for a movie like this. You know, like the, the soccer mom who decides you know what today's the day she kind of had that energy you know that bubbly uh energy whenever she needed it but she also had the sternness of a parent you know that came through um i surprisingly i think being a mom actually uh, prepared her for this role um, <laughs> but uh no uh i think that her i felt a really good chemistry between her and edgar ramirez um agree i I, I don't, you know, on the show, we don't uh, blame child actors for not being the next, you know, uh, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis or anything like that. But I do think that there are some issues with uh, uh, child acting that, you know, make me go, ah, uh, could have <laughs> found a different kid. Um, but uh, at the same time, that's just me not loving families and children. So. <laughs> That's me hating families. That's, that's what <laughs> yes. Um, I did not notice that. I, I really wasn't distracted by any of the child acting in this. Um, I, I, in fact, Julian Lerner, I, I, he's really got an interesting sense of humor. And I think um, I, I mean, I'm excited to see kind of what he does next. Now, in a movie like this, uh, it is one of those things where the tone of the movie can also play with how you're seeing the performances in those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the tone of this movie is very over the top, um, ridiculous. You know, there there are many things that happen in this movie where you just cannot think 
at all deeply about them for a split second. <laughs> like, it's just like the second you start to think about the reality of the situation, yeah. everything disappears. Uh, well, you would erase the entire third act of the movie. For, you think? For yeah. starters. <laughs> Yeah, I just specifically sorry. Uh, this is this is a part of my brain that happens for the, the other job that I do, but specifically at the carnival, there's a game where they're throwing bananas in a gorilla mouth to see who gets to the top first. Uh, side note: How do you one do you... gorilla mouth? They're both yeah. throwing into the same gorilla mouth, and yeah. how's that making their monkeys? Are that like each of their bananas are RFID chipped or something, so they know which you've never ones. played. Yeah. You've never played Gorilla Mouth. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry, yeah. uh, vocational hazard. I, I apologize, uh, but it, that kind of stuff is in this movie a lot. Where just if you you know you, I, I never encourage people to turn their brain off. For me, it's more adjust your frequency. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a movie you have to adjust the frequency of your brain when you go into, and and possibly you can have a good time. And it sounds like Josh. It sounds like you and your family were able to do that and just kind of have a good family night together and. Yeah. You know, watch some shenanigans. There there were moments that um both my my 13-year-old and my 8-year-old found um hysterical and landed exactly perfect for them. Yeah. Um and it's hard not to have that influence. <laughs> You're like, "Oh, no, that <laughs> yeah. was that's the intended market and they nailed that joke yeah. for yeah. for my 13-year-old. They love that poop joke or whatever, you know." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I and there is something too about the Netflix strategy which is interesting where it's like a lot of times you will hear, hear people, in, you know, in doing what we do or talking about movies that are very forlorn about, well, those kind of movies don't exist anymore. And there just isn't a place for, you know, a mid-budget family movie or a mid-budget budget rom-com. And Netflix yeah. is kind of like, uh, we're the place and we'll throw, you know, $40 million at a project and, you know, let you have your mid-budget family movie. And because their strategy is different and they feel like they can do that they do it and so you know that's why you get a movie like yesterday and um i don't know i don't think that's bad i think i think there's some there's some you know good good results to having a place for that kind of stuff so yeah um there's a yeah. there's a lot of family movies that, that land firmly in this genre right so it's the live mm-hmm. action family comedy sort of stuff mm-hmm. and they yeah. there there's they 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 uh they just feel like they're a, a dime a dozen and they feel like they're they just turn them out like a machine this one felt a little different it felt a little like had a little more thought and energy put into it than i, I can't even think of the some of the titles but some of the just well i was thinking of like people... have you heard of uh war with grandpa for instance mm-hmm. right uh, that's a great example <laughs> yeah another one that's that's coming out recently. i would put war with grandpa like in the category with this right like yeah, the ones totally. that are trying to do a little more trying to you know besides just the star power like based on a novel you know as mm-hmm. opposed to it's like uh kid king you know it's like i'm right. a kid but i got i'm suddenly i'm the king of this country or you know <laughs> I, I just you, came up with the top of my head i know you a, just wrote a movie right there kid king yeah <laughs> kid king <laughs> uh, I decree it, everybody eat banana splits and credits. Isn't yeah. isn't there a, a Arthurian movie called The Kid Who Would Be King, uh, I think right. which is actually very very good? I actually yes. really like that movie. So so there you go. <laughs> not Andrew, the one I pitched. No, not yours. Uh, Andrew, I pitched mediocrity. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, uh, did you have any other thoughts you wanted to talk about yesterday? Yeah, it's a lot cheaper just to lock your kids in their room. Yeah, just leave <laughs> then them have there. a yesterday. Then have a yesterday. 
Yeah. What happened to the good old days of just smacking kids and saying, shut up, go to your room? Uh, Pop podcast does uh, not represent, uh, Andrew does not represent all the uh, Pop <laughs> podcasts, uh, whatever that is. Uh, um, yeah, I, I, you know. The uh, the thoughts and actions of Right, whatever, whatever the disclaimer is, <laughs> yeah. you know it. Uh, yeah. There is something like if you want to litigate the concept of this movie, the idea of this movie as a parent, um, I, I do have issues with the idea of a yes day. Like I, there's some, you know, they did lay some ground rules down, but yeah. even those ground rules aren't going to cover like what it means to be a good parent. I would find myself being a bad parent all day long. Yeah. <laughs> so. well, well, even at the beginning, what they qualify as a bad parent, like when, when they, when she's faced with her failings as a parent, as yeah. a mom, I'm like, that seems no. like pretty normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's that's just, not a. <laughs> that's just called being a mom. That's, that's just <laughs> called being a parent. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a scene in this movie, and it's where I really diverge. Uh, granted, again, I've said it a thousand times. I'm coming at this as somebody who is not a parent. Just what I would do as a parent. Mm-hmm. But there's a scene in this movie where they're having a parent teacher conference, and uh, you see all the things that the kids are saying and making about their parents and you see jennifer garner go oh that makes me sad and me i'm going how are you not livid at the (laughs) at the horrible things that you're the dis uh, what would you call it the disgrace that your your kids are showing towards you right now (laughs) whereas uh you know Whereas Josh would be like, man, that was really well put together, buddy. Nice job. (laughs) You're right. I do yell sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Josh, what about you? Any final thoughts on, uh, on yesterday? Um, uh, one last little negative. I thought, I thought the, um, the third act was, uh, it was disjointed. I, I, I didn't understand why they started the third act without the, lead characters if that mm-hmm. makes, you know without spoilers that that bothered me i was like so we're just now we're the story's just moving okay yeah and, yeah that was that felt weird that we had spent so much time it really is a, par- a movie about the parents it's not a movie about the kids i mean they're right. there but it really is about the uh, uh the the parents and um yeah the last that, that goes in the third act the parents are not a part of yeah, part of that. <laughs> I I uh, I yeah. totally agree. I think the the third act is a mess in a lot of ways. I think it's trying to do too much and it's not doing any of it very well. I think they really wanted a certain scene with two of the characters and they just had to figure out a way to make that happen. Um, I, having said that, what launches us into the third act is uh, Arturo Castro. Uh, as a police officer making a decision and it was one of the funniest things in the movie to me like his he, he is was a delight. so good i i just i laughed so hard at his response uh to a lot of what was going on there without giving a lot away so yeah so you know we have that would, at least <laughs> i would watch a super cut of his scenes and nate faxon scenes yeah like i would watch that over and over probably uh, that, that was solid comedy from both of those guys fortune, fortune feimster was also Re- really funny in this as well um had just like that brief moment driving the ambulance and, and oh, those yeah, kind yeah. Of oh yeah as well. so yeah so, i mean that's that's the thing right there's a lot of funny stuff here there's you know there's some some moments of fun but uh but yeah it is kind of a mess especially towards the end um literally yeah. and figuratively uh so yeah so there are final thoughts uh recommend maybe for families probably for families for a family movie night 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think this is one you have to rush to Netflix to check out. Yeah. Uh, slab on Twitch. I was seeing how far I could push, you know, cause you, they well, just kept agreeing with everything I said. I'm like, okay, how far can I push this? How far can I make it to where they're like, okay, I got, yeah, no. now I'm going to start distancing. Hey, for those of you who don't know so far, I am the tame one in this podcast because in the pre-show these two gentlemen right here were talking about murdering babies and it was horrifying we need context no no context no context they were talking about murdering little babies and I didn't say a word. Those babies were scenes in a movie. Uh, and there's believe- a difference between killing and murdering. That's right. Yeah. Kill your babies is a phrase about editing and uh, I've writing. literally never heard that phrase in my life. <laughs> Back me up, Josh. That's a phrase, right? That is something that I did it's not invent It's a for real phrase in writing, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, no. I feel better. It's, about, it's a it's an editing term. Yeah, yeah. No. I feel, I if feel I'm going now. down, I'm taking you both with me. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, hey, before we get on to our best ever challenge, I do want to take a moment um, to read something we received from somebody. Uh, and Andrew, I've sent this along to you as well. Um, oh yeah, we got we got an email from somebody, and they said we could share this uh, if we wanted to. And so I wanted to uh, pass this along to uh, to you and just say how much we appreciate uh, those who listen, and we know there's stuff going on in your life, and just the fact that we could you know be a respite from that is amazing. This says uh, hello, Aaron, Andrew, and Danae. Danae was on the show recently, and uh, I believe they also uh, watched the show that Danae and I do during the week uh, called The Morning DNA. Uh, I have a story to tell you about how Sif Pop and all of Studio DNA changed my life, quite possibly saving my life. For context, I'm 28 years old. When I turned 21, I started, like many others, casually drinking. Through the next few years, a couple tragedies happened, and what went from drinking with friends to drinking alone to, for about five years straight, I don't remember being sober. I, however, was quite high-functioning, had a place I could afford, and a job I enjoyed to afford it. Skip forward to 2019, I ended up hospitalized multiple times with more than one stomach pump and ultrasounds on my liver that weren't so good. I had begun to come to terms that this is how I was going to go, and I was fine with it. Now, around this time, I'd been listening to Sif Pop and Shoe the Dough, which is the podcast that today and I do, religiously. To this day, it's still always a better day when a new episode of either of those comes out. November 15th through the 18th, 2019. The timeline for these days is hazy, so bear with me. That day I drank apparently more than normal, or maybe I had an empty stomach, or maybe I'm wrong and God does exist and changed my plans for that day. I remember waking up in the hospital and seeing my parents together, the two best people on the planet. The next day or two are blurry, but at one point I must have asked for my phone because I remember scrolling through my podcast looking for something to kill the time until I could go home. I was up to date on everything new, so I decided to listen through all the Pixar reviews you had from the past. That's when I first listened to the episode Mental Health slash Coco Swift Sift. Hearing Andrew talk openly about how his panic attacks changed in the way they manifested and his openness about seeking help, how there is no shame in asking for help, and Aaron, your willingness to be supportive, something there that night lying awake in a hospital bed changed inside of me. I wept for hours as if the repressed thoughts and fear came to me thinking about what I had put my family through, fearing any day they would wake up and find me dead, thinking about who would explain to my dog that I wasn't coming home, who would have the burden to explain to my niece why she doesn't have an uncle. By lunchtime the following day, with the help of my wonderful older sister, I was enrolled into inpatient rehab. 
I think at that time I sent some sort of email to you guys. I don't remember what it all about, but it was also around then that I subscribed on Patreon. During quarantine this summer, I had an unfortunate relapse. Ironically, I got a new phone a week or so after the bender and ended up re-listening to that episode, rekindling my conviction. Andrew, to you personally, thank you. I don't want to say I would for sure be dead if not for you, but I wouldn't have bet on my odds. I've begun looking at furthering my education with the hope I can be as impactful of the lives of those who struggle with addiction and or mental illness as you were to me. To all three of you and everyone else on your team, continue the good work. As an agnostic, listening to Shoe the Doe's perspective has been a lifeline in understanding others. I truly believe I'm a better person for being along for the ride. I may not agree with everything, but I truly believe now that others' thoughts can not only save your life, but enrich it as well. I hope this finds all of you well and your loved ones safe. I've been meaning to send this for quite some time and hope to put a smile on your face. It's the least I can do. Also, feel free to share this if you wish. I'm finally ready for others to know my story. Thank you for listening. Uh, I wanted to pass that along because uh, it's very meaningful to me personally. I know, Andrew, to you as well. And uh, when we record these shows and joke about the things we joke about and review movies, it's, uh, it's not something we often think uh, it can have a, a kind of difference like that. And uh, this was very one of those kind of looks into the other side of what we do and we appreciate it, and uh, I want you to know wherever you are, however you're listening to this, whatever the case may be, um, we are thrilled just to be able to be part of your life and just be able to bring a smile when you need it, uh, to occasionally actually talk about meaningful things apparently, and, uh, yeah. and to, to have those moments. So uh, thank you for sending this in. Thank you for supporting what goes on here through Patreon, um, both to uh, the one who wrote this, as well as to the others who continue to support. Um, if you are interested in supporting Sif Pop, uh, the podcast, the website, everything that goes on, of course, you can do that at patreon.com uh, slash siftpop, S-I-F-T-P-O-P. Um, but we wanted to uh, just give you a thank you as well for making that possible for somebody else because you do that as well with your support. So appreciate yeah. that. Andrew, did you have I, any thoughts? Um... Yeah, uh, I actually responded to this individual after I read that email, uh, and I uh, dried out my eyes. You know, um, I uh, what I told them is what I'll say here because uh, I think that in case there's anybody else listening who might benefit from this, uh, I said I appreciate uh, that you thought that I was the uh, catalyst to uh, get you know your. Uh, life you know on track like my, my story helped you um but what i will say is that while i'm while my story had may have been like a uh, a deciding factor the strength to better yourself that was within you all along that's something that uh was in you it's just uh it was just waiting to uh come out so for the, for those of you out there, if you are struggling with certain things, just know that you can find help and uh, the strength to do that. Uh, it's not something you should be ashamed of. So appreciate that. And uh, the other part that I wanted to draw light on as well is just how thankful I am for such a an interesting group of movie lovers, listeners to what we do, and belief systems, faith systems, all that. That really means a lot to me. Coming from a place that was much more, um, you know, cordoned off in my life, you know, as far as like, you think of like Christian radio, those kind of things, it's meant for a certain audience. And just the fact that we can do this and know, and we know for a 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Fact, because people tell us, you know, atheists listen, agnostics listen, Christians listen. Uh, you know, I just, I, I really appreciate you bringing that part of it into it and just saying this is a welcome place, that it's not about that. You know, we're, we're chatting movies and that stuff comes up occasionally, but... Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool. So thank you for the letter for so many reasons and so yeah. glad you're still with us. So glad, uh, you're hanging on and, um, and to all those dealing with whatever, um, know that we're with you. We love you and we're rooting for you. So there you go. Yep. Uh, all right, let's move on to the best ever challenge for the week. We're going to do best ever movies with fictional countries. Now this one was a little bit difficult. Uh, because I nixed fantasy countries, because I kind of, what Zamunda is, is supposed to be a real country in uh, Africa that is in our world. And that's kind of where we want to go with this. So you won't see Narnia here. You won't see, you know, Lord of the Rings here. Any of those kind of fantasy countries um, wouldn't Lord quite Lord of the work. Rings is not a, uh, that's not a country. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> thank it's you, Josh. World. I meant any of the countries from Lord of the Rings, of which oh, there are several. God, Aaron, <laughs> what's wrong with you? Lord of the Rings, Donia, Lord of the Donia. Yes, Rings. yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> well, I think, Middle it's it's Middle Earth as a country, and then Northern Earth, and then Southern. I thought Middle Earth, Earth right? was the continent, and then there was like Gondor, or is that a city? It's kind of or... like Australia. It's a continent and a, <laughs> and country, a country. You know? Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. The that point is, it's fantasy, and we won't be talking about it. That is the point. You won't see Princess Bride here for Florin or anything like that. You know, like that's so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into it. I think we each have five that we will run down. Um, there may be a lot of crossover here because, again, there there aren't necessarily a ton of them. But let's start at number five and uh, go to number one. And uh, Josh, you get to kick us off as our guest. What's your number five? Um, number five is uh, Krakosia. From uh, the movie Terminal. Oh, I like Terminal. It's a fun movie. Yeah, yeah, because it doesn't technically take place in Krakosia. No, it takes place in the airport terminal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but he can't go home to Krakosia because of the turmoil that his country is in the midst of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'll be honest. This was this was a hard list for me too, and I, I did spend some time online 
you know, just going, okay. Oh, all right. I love that movie. And then doing my research a little bit backwards than just going. Now, some of them I was like, I know exactly what I'm going to say. But I, for right. five, yeah. getting fu- a full five was pretty tough. Yeah. But that was one of the, that was a happy fa- find for me. I was like, oh, yeah, I did love this movie. And I, I, I do remember that played an integral, uh, integral part to, to the story. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, what's your number five? I am going to go. This is going to get Trump, but uh, Black Panther. Yes. Yes. I shall Trump you. Uh, if yeah. that is your number five, <laughs> me uh, too. Yeah. I'll trump you too. Yeah. Uh, I this, had a feeling <laughs> this will uh, this will not be trumped. I don't believe. Uh, but I, my number five, I had the BFG. Uh, I think I enjoyed this movie uh, more than most. So that was my number. I, oh, the big effing giant. Yeah. <laughs> sure, Andrew. Yes. Was that? Yes. Oh, that was so okay. F- friendly. It's a little tricky. Yes, it's but, tricky. Well, Dream Country. Dream Country yeah. is where the giants live, and that is yeah. in our world. Um, sure. But, you know, because Well, then they technically act- Narnia would be in our world, too, right? Because it's... I don't think so. I think Narnia is like a portal to another world, isn't it? And plus they, have to, plus they have to use magic to get there. Here, they just he just jumps him there. He just jumps over the, you know, whatever, the English Channel or whatever, and somehow lands in uh, dream world uh but uh i'm giving i'm giving you a hard time i know yeah. like, hey and you know i'm glad you are because i just want to bring up for a second and josh you weren't privy to this unless you listened to the episode which is fine that you didn't i know not everybody does but it was a couple weeks ago i think that we were doing best ever movies with a female name in the title i just want you to know how much backup i got for saving private ryan all right i just want you to know that I, I received uh, many emails from fathers who were like, my daughter's name is Ryan, and thank you for sticking up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think so these lists were care. made for finding the, the, the cheeks the and the armor. Yeah, yeah they're the absolutely loopholes. made for like, what's the, what's the side way to get into this uh, conversation? Absolutely. Aaron, I don't care how much praise or <laughs> affirmation you get. I will stick Till the day hey. I die, the hill I'm going to die on is I am not giving you saving. No, no, no. Listen, you have every Ryan right for... to. You get you get one veto a year, so you know you use your oh, veto for this. If year. that's my one veto, <laughs> it doesn't matter what comes up. That is going to be it. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. uh, anyhow, I lo- I like the BFG. I think it's really fun. Um, this is a Spielberg movie, and you know, like he knows how to make movies. It's not. It's not. You know. Top notch. Speaking Spiel- of saving Private Ryan, <laughs> that's right. It's and, not top and notch. Terminal and Terminal. Uh, it's not top notch oh, Spielberg, right. but it is it is Spielberg, and uh, I enjoy it quite a bit. So that's my number five. Uh, what do you got at number four, Josh? Uh, I've got a little movie called uh, a little sorry uh, Zambia, which is from a movie called Micmax, which was uh, uh-huh. uh, oh there it is right there. Boop, the popular picture. Doo, doo, doo. Um, <laughs> For the podcast this... <laughs> listeners, uh, Josh just pointed at the picture on the screen. Yeah, it's right there. You guys don't see that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I I love Mitt Max. It's been a while since I watched it. I'll be honest. Like this is one of those research. I was like, oh crap! I did I forgot this was uh, a part of this. Um, I don't. E- I didn't even rewatch it. So I honestly don't even remember like how big a part it plays in it. So that I'm being like full disclosure. But I will say I love Mitt Max. Um, um, and I'm sticking by Zambia. I have never heard of this movie. What is this movie? I've never. I Mick. I've I, like. I. I don't know that I remember ever seeing this. Yeah, I, I'm actually with uh, Aaron. I've never heard of it either. So it's a a, a Jeunet film. Um, uh, a guy who did uh, uh, Amelie. Um, okay. And uh, um, 
children, uh, City of Lost Children were a couple of big ones. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of his stuff, and I it's 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 um it's just a weird oddball. Most of his things are are very like um, ensemble dramedy. Yeah. It's a real weird, quirky sort of drama. Um, and it's, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of anti-war, me- uh, message to it a little can, bit. You know? Can I read you the, the description is so great. Uh, yeah. original French title is Micmacs, a tire largo, uh, loosely translated nonstop shenanigans is the name of the title of this movie. <laughs> the film is billed as a satire on the world arms trade. Uh, so yeah, that sounds fascinating. I, I do feel very, uh, you know stuck in my american mindset when stuff like this comes up and i've never heard of it and like i just i need to see more international stuff for sure um it's probably my like number three with junet after uh, as far as junet stuff so after i mean amelie you can't beat right you like and then um city of lost children is pretty spectacular and this would be my number three i think okay um, micmacs yeah micmacs paddywax give the dog a bone uh andrew what do you got at number four uh, I am going to let Rufus T. Riley, the dictator of Fredonia, take me to my number four, and that is Duck Soup. Yep. The old Marx Brothers. It's my number I got it. I got a Trump. Oh, okay. Oh, man, I Good. keep getting Trump. <laughs> Good. Sorry. Uh, Andrew, did, we just, we're just not going to let you talk after all of that stuff you were saying about kids and families and stuff. That's, like, you're, that's you're done. That's true. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think... Uh, well, you might, you know, you guys are definitely going to have my number two, but I have a pretty good feeling you won't have my number three or number one. So I'll get to talk then. Uh, <laughs> I, my number four is also duck soup. Uh, so I will oh, await. Cool. I will await on that. Uh, so let's go to number three. Uh, Josh, what do you got at number three? Uh, Republic of Zabroka from Grand Budapest Hotel. That is also. Trump! My- oh, yeah. <laughs> That makes sense. That checks out. Ah, how do you like it, huh? <laughs> that feel good? <laughs> okay, uh, Andrew, then what is your number three? Uh, I'm going to go with Dread. Interesting. So, I What's love the country in Dread? Dread? They, they got rid of countries, and they were, well, they, they technically have countries, but they're called cities now. So there's like Mega City, there's Uranium City. Like entire all of like America's like mega city one now. Uh, so is so, this in the is this in the future? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. It stretches the a, idea a little bit, but yeah, I think yeah that adds. Some, yeah. We can now add Star Wars, right? Because there are different uh, different countries in that too. No. Okay. That's in a galaxy well, far, far away. It was a long, yeah. long time ago, though. I don't oh. know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what is? Yeah, but it's not in our world. You said it has to take. That's place true. In our that world. is true. That is true. Yeah. Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, Continue. I actually did try to look up like Mad Max Fury Road to see like if because uh, you know they have uh, like a uh, the Guzzoline City like ammo mm-hmm. town and stuff right. like that. But couldn't I confirm. couldn't find an actual. I couldn't confirm an actual country if like America was still called America or something right. like that. Right. But uh, Dread is so good. It is so good. I think that Carl Urban is like he took the the slapsticky ridiculousness of these sly movies and he made a totally awesome like serious cool dread to where to this day if carl urban was to come out and say hey we're going to be doing a netflix series for dread i'd be like i'm in 
You make it as crazy, gory as you want. Uh, Gavin Free, the guy from who is he works at Rooster Teeth, and he also has a YouTube channel, uh, Slow Mo Guys. I don't know if you guys have ever watched some of his videos before, but uh, he was actually one of the DPs of all the slow motion effects for uh, the slow mo drug in uh-huh. this movie, and I think that that is such a interesting and fascinating way to shoot slow motion in a movie to actually make it a built-in like story mechanic to where taking this drug slows down time and that's why you get these cool action sequences uh it's very much the first uh raid redemption you know you know like you gotta work your way up you know mm-hmm. the the tower, but uh, it's so I can't actually which which one came out first. Right. Like, anyway, yeah, the raid. It's just the raid. The raid right. came out Redemption first. Redemption was yeah. number two, I think. I think Burundal was the second one. The raid Redemption. It's it's weird because they gave a sequel name to the first movie, the raid Redemption. Gotcha. And okay. then the raid Burundal or Berendal is the second one. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, the first raid movie came out is what I'm trying to get at first i guess uh but yeah it's a fun movie i i love the character it's a great comic book series too so yeah the uh dread very nice i just got the uh the 4k steelbook uh for dread just came in the mail the other day <laughs> did you so, really or yeah. is that a no, joke I, no 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 that's that's for real no steelbooks are that's no awesome joke. uh there you go uh my number three apparently is going to get trumped i had grand budapest hotel at number three as well so we will move on to Number twos, Josh. What do you got at number two? Number two is where I had my Wakanda. Me as well. So okay. Let's go ahead and talk about it now. We both had it at number two. Andrew had it at number four, five, five. five. Okay. Five. So yeah, go ahead. Um. Yeah, I think it's uh, obviously from Black Panther and uh, the greater Marvel universe. It uh, is central to the whole as the whole story unfolds. Right. Um. I don't. I mean, I don't know anybody who hasn't seen Black Panther. I don't know how what to tell them. Other yeah, than watch it. You know what I mean. Like that's watch why what kind of was at number two for me because I feel like it's just the most present in our zeitgeist right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you just can't have it at the top of the list, top towards yeah. the top or the bottom of the list, depending on which way you're go- you're going. Yeah. Um, I don't think that um, you technically have to see the rest of the MCU to really appreciate what's going on in Black Panther as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that it's a it's a good standalone movie too, sure. and I think that that's important to say whenever you're talking about anything within the MCU. Like, yeah, you don't have to see the what 14, 15 movies that came before it. Yeah, to really appreciate it. I do. I do like the uh, the end credits where they they tease it was the end of uh, Winter Soldier. No, um, uh, so they it tease. Was- yeah, they teased Wakanda at the end of Civil War. Was it Civil War? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought that was a really great introduction. Just that first little glimpse of it was... it was, a, it was a, 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 In regards to in-credit scenes, probably one of the, the best in-credit scenes for those movies as well, I thought. Yeah. Nice reveal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love Black Panther. Uh, I think it's great. And I think it, it does something that a lot of the MCU movies struggle to do which is be so fully realized on its own. It is just such a fully realized environment, movie, those kind of things, um, and still plays in greatly to the MCU. Those scenes are still there, um, mm-hmm. but you know, it's just it's so fully and completely realized. Um, and yeah, it's 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 fun to see that in the MCU. Yeah, 
Um, everybody says <clears throat> Thanos is the best villain that the MCU has ever put out, and I agree. I agree. But for a one-off villain, Killmonger is so good. Yeah. I think that. I mean, he he so is a completed villain. The backstory you you understand everything that he is going through, and it's just it's perfect it's so good yeah uh somebody's saying a shame there won't be a sequel uh, i'm assuming you're talking about because we lost chadwick boseman yes he will always be uh t'challa but i think they are making more uh black panther movies they're just gonna i think it's like they are Sh- shuri or something like that will probably take up the mantle or something mm-hmm. like that yeah but uh yeah yeah they they'll they'll keep them going um and i'm sure they'll they will do their best to be as respectful as they can and, you know, try to yeah. figure out what that looks like. But no, they won't recast. They've already said they're not recasting T'Challa. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that is that is not happening. Um, yeah. All right. So that was our... Oh, Andrew, you're number two, right? We haven't done your number two yet? This is where I have the Grand Budapest Hotel. Okay. And we both had it yeah. at three. So there you go. Yeah. Take your hands off my lobby, boy. You know? <laughs> I mean... That's all we have to say about <laughs> yeah. it, right? Ray Fiennes is, like, one of the most lovable, eccentric characters ever in this movie. It's so fresh seeing him in a role like this, because whenever you think of Ray Fiennes, you automatically think of, like, some of the most evil characters, like, famously evil characters in cinema history, you know? From uh, Schindler's List to, uh, I guess, the Harry Potter movies, you know? Even in like little smaller movies like In Bruges, he's just a totally evil person. But here, he's just a charming hotel. Uh, uh, is he a maitre d? Is he the owner? What does he do at this hotel? I don't know, but I love him. He's not the owner. He's, he just he's uh he's the yeah manager, right? Like the yeah the uh, manager, I guess, would be the best. Yeah. Yeah. It, but then insanity ensues. You know, that's all. I it's. Is this whenever Wes Anderson really found his groove and like he this is when he's like, okay, now these are the like because before this you kind of had like uh, Rushmore and uh, Darjeeling Limited and uh, Life Aquatic Life Aquatic. Yeah, those are all really eccentric. They're they're definitely very Wes Anderson, but I think that this or like Fantastic Mr. Fox is like right where he came around to like more accessible movies well i can tell you exactly where it was for me it was moonrise kingdom for me um did that come out before or after this that was before Before. this Um, oh was okay then yeah yeah i i think for me i had always struggled to connect to wes anderson movies uh i flat out didn't like life aquatic i thought it was and darjeeling both of those actually i thought were terrible (laughs) those are Um, my least my least favorite i love them but those are my least favorite yeah life aquatic's my favorite (laughs) i know i know it is i know it is but um, but Moonrise Kingdom was the first Wes Anderson. Well, I mean, Fantastic Mr. Fox is Fantastic Mr. Fox. I almost see that as kind of an aside, like uh, Isle of Dogs. I kind of see those in the same kind of like I'm doing something different. Because they're not here. live action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but but Moonrise Kingdom was the first live action Wes Anderson where I was like, oh, I really enjoy this. This is I, this is really um, meaningful and fun and interesting, and still has the Wes Anderson like 
yeah. uh, feel to it, but at the same time, mm-hmm. like you said, it's more accessible. For me, this is just my story, and then yeah, Grand yeah. Budapest was the yeah. same. I really like Grand Buda- Budapest, uh, or Budapest, if you Budapest. prefer. Budapest. Budapest. Um, yeah. Out of the shoot, like the first like the first three are still my favorite. Grand Budapest, I love, but I'll be honest, it, it's um, Jeff Goldblum's character in it is so long-winded and so dry, I... Um, I have trouble not tuning out during Ground Budapest. I mean, anytime he's on screen, <laughs> I, and I love I love Jeff Goldblum, remember. and I think the script's great. But he's just this. He just speaks every like to say yes is uh, this long monologue, and it's uh you know uh, Jeff Goldblum uh, doing his monologue, and uh, uh, it's uh you know it just goes on forever, yeah. and that's my only strike against Grand Budapest is like I, he he wears me out watching that movie. Yeah. They're mentioning uh, Royal Tenenbaums as well in the I chat. I like it. That, yeah, that that's, we like, that's it. Rushmore, um, uh, Tenenbaum, uh, Tenenbaums, and, and Bottle um, Rocket. And Bottle Rocket are my yeah my three favorite. I, I didn't even yeah. like Royal Tenenbaums that much. Um, but yeah, I have just decided. Appar- apparently, everybody hated Gene Hackman on set of that movie. Apparently, he was just the it's unfortunate. worst. Was it? Yeah. Uh, I have decided, however, I am I am going to rename our bathroom the Grand Puda Best. Uh, so just just <laughs> n- take Poo- that for for what it's worth. Who the best? Poo the, the, the best. Yes, the grand Poo the best. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do. I do love his uh, live. A- uh, not live action. His you know Isle of Dogs, Fantastic mm-hmm. Mr. Fox, and then Moonrise Kingdom and, and Grand Budapest. Um, so yeah. So there you go. That was my number three. Josh's number three. Andrew's number two. So I think. Uh, my number, number two ones. was Black Panther, so it's time for our number ones. Josh, what do you got? This is where I had Fridonia. Ah, ah. Back, back, back. from Duck Soup. The Duck Soup. Yeah, um, and since we all love it, we can all talk about it. But I, I'll start by saying it's—I <laughs> feel like it's the the granddaddy of all of them. That's why I put it at number one. Oh yeah, right. Oh either yes, that or sure. day at, yeah, either yeah. that or Day at the Races. Those are the two most famous Marx Brother movies. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, as but far I as like uh, granddaddy it. of the. Uh, fake country list because it's predates right. everything oh else on our list. like the, yeah. i got what you're saying now yeah oh um, uh, yeah I 1933 i had um i was listening to this the the it's anthem again and i now i've suddenly forgot it again but um the anthem that he sings is pretty spectacular um i'm not saying these other movies don't have an anthem but <laughs> but <you know. laughs> but it's got a spectacular yeah. anthem. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, let's let's yeah keep talking. I just I, I love the movie. I love the guys. I love that's one of their best. Um, and uh, you know, watching him walk around in his tux, tuxedo and tails, and that one is iconic. Yeah, Andrew, uh, what about uh, some of your thoughts on Duck Soup? Uh, I was raised on Marx Brothers. I think besides Abbott Costello, they are like the funniest like group comedy set you know i i just they're they're so good uh groucho marco chico uh, they're just oh, and harpo uh, zeppo zeppo yeah uh, they're just the best it's I, I don't know what else to say other than they're 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 great i think everybody really like leans towards like groucho because he's the most characterized i guess you could say he's the most recognizable but like i think harpo has some of the funniest moments out of all of these movies you know and of course he always plays the harp insanely well you know in all of these movies you gotta have uh harpo playing the harp and you gotta have chico doing the piano and then just uh groucho womanizing 
<laughs> those those are the staples of a good uh, Marx Brothers movie. Yeah, and the movie has something to say too. Uh, it's not you know um, groundbreaking, but it is definitely satirical in a way that is you know making a uh, point. Uh, and so this is another one that I watched during pandemic for the first time. Thank you know uh, I almost said thank you pandemic. I should Ooh. never say that. But, you know, there is that, again, we've talked about that bonus of being at home a lot more and watching a lot, catching up on a lot of stuff. So this is very fresh in my mind. Um, and I just remember being struck by the magic of it. And just that there, even in 1933, just there's a vaudevillian aspect to a lot of the, the stuff that they're doing. Oh, it's just, yeah. It's just really fun. I think of like yeah. the, mirror, the mirror scene uh, is really yeah. great. Uh, there's a scene with a lemonade stand that is really, really fun. Um, so. so Stuart has said in the chat wants to know what a good first Marx brother to watch, and I would say mirror mirror scene alone push puts Duck Soup at the top number yeah. one for the Marx Brothers yeah. watch. Um, I mean, I yeah. think it's great overall, but that like you want to see that, um, yeah, first, uh, right? yeah, mean, like, probably Duck Soup and then Day at the Races, probably. Yeah, Animal Crackers. But yeah, I, crackers. I would say Duck Soup for oh Animal Crackers, yeah. Yeah. What, what's so, nice about Duck Soup too? Is, sorry, you were still you were still talking, Aaron. When I so. no 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 no, I, that was it. I just remember those scenes and just feeling how you know just how much fun and magic there is, and um, I love that kind of stuff. I love that kind of presentational, yeah. um, you know, uh, vaudevillian kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like um, these old guys, the old like the old timey vaudeville actors doing their stuff because they 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 find their their ways to do their bits. But I think Duck Soup maybe better than some of the other ones like you said it has something to say it it connects the story to the bits mm-hmm. a little stronger than just yeah. like a series of bits that are loosely tied together you know yeah um yeah it put, i mean it's still pretty loose but it's tighter than a lot of those you know vaudevillians making their first their first moves to the big screen you know yeah well it's because these guys were coming out right as soon as like the silent film era was ending so the use of physical comedy was still very much in the dna of you know making you know stories and stuff so i think they just added you know dialogue to an already comedic way of telling you know funny jokes Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's great uh all right andrew i think we're ready for your uh, number one well while duck soup <clears throat> may have a very famous uh you know anthem i think that my number one has an even more famous anthem unfortunately i can't sing it because of the language but i'll just say <laughs> america <laughs> f yeah <laughs> team america world police is my number one as we go to durka durkastan uh, this movie nice. This movie is so ridiculous and offensive, and it's great in every single way. Um, I we we I can't remember. We recently talked about Team America. I can't remember what it was about. Um, but yeah, the the puppeteering in this movie is so funny. I th- oh I I remember we we talked about like how some of the jokes. Aaron said that they they some of the jokes would. Or this movie would not be as funny if it was not puppets, if I mm. remember correctly. And I was saying, like, I still think that a lot of these jokes would still work if this movie was like a live action or like a, a an animation, because I think that the soundtrack, the the comedy of the soundtrack, is really like what I love about this movie. Like 
Pearl Harbor sucks and I miss you is like, that's just comedy cold. Making a sad song and the main premise is that you were so disappointed in Michael Bay's Pearl Harbor <laughs> and that takes and that takes precedent over missing the person who just left you. Uh Yes, the the love scene because it's puppets is what makes yes, uh, uh, Drew. Yes, you are right. I don't think that that scene would uh, would work as well if it was a live action, um, <laughs> but or be approved for viewing in most theaters. Yeah, in most theaters. Yeah. Well, if the live uh, actors were as anatomically <clears throat> the yeah, equivalent able of the puppets, do. then maybe it would be. Then okay. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah. It's for me. Uh, it's one of it, I have never laughed harder in a movie theater. Well, maybe Hot Fuzz, but I don't think I've ever laughed than those two movies. These are like top two movies I've laughed the hardest in a theater. So that's yep, I, no. I I think uh, it's also important to note, even if it works better because they're puppets, it doesn't just it doesn't only work because they're puppets because it's <clears> elevated. <throat> You can see the exact, um, you know, opposite end of this with the Happy Time Murders, right? It is a terrible movie, yeah, because it's trying to do some of the similar things that Team America does. It just doesn't do them with the same. Uh, I, it's almost this is going to sound very weird when I say, but it's almost a sense of authenticity that this movie has. It's almost like the movie believes itself and is willing to commit to the bit, you know, in a, in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think that's mm -hmm. part of the genius of Trey and Matt is that they commit to the bit. Like they totally, with yes. South Park and everything, they just, you know, they treat it as a valuable, authentic world as strange and weird and over the top as it is. Um, and so, so yeah, I, and I do think those guys are geniuses together. I really do. And I don't, I, you know, I don't throw that word around casually. Um, but yeah. they, you know, they just, they have such a great way to play off of each other and create this stuff. Um, so, and I, you know, I look forward to the day, uh, hopefully someday when I get to see, um, what is the Mormon show? Book of Mormon? The Book of Mormon. Yeah. I'm, I want to see that so bad. I'm, I'm excited to someday possibly get a chance to see, I think it's still showing. Yeah. Oh, well, obviously not right now, but hopefully it'll, it'll restart uh, once the pandemic's, uh, over. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I don't I don't fault you for this one. I didn't even think about this one. I didn't think about this one being in the category. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure it would have made my list, but it definitely would have made my honorable mentions. Um, yeah. So I guess that brings us to my number one, which I I don't yeah. even know if, I don't even know if it works. I don't know if this is right. I I went with Aladdin uh, at number one. Uh, with, oh man! Not not that Aladdin. No, not not the one with. <laughs> is that is that Sinbad? It's so for podcast listeners. This is all my Wait, fault because I, I misspelled Aladdin in the notes, <laughs> and so Drew pulled up. Uh, apparently, there is a movie called Aladdin, but it has one D in it. Wow, that is, that is not the Aladdin. one I'm talking. Aladdin, Al Aladdin, Aladdin. Uh, Aladdin. Yes, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> There's the oh. one. Uh, so I, I, had, sure I didn't even counts. think of it. I, I think it does. I think Agrabah is supposed to be Agrabah is supposed to be in our world, but the movie doesn't make that necessarily clear. But I'm going with it anyway. It's my number one. Um, really do dig this yeah. movie. So yeah. So there. Yeah. You go. If if I would have thought of it, it would have made my list. I'll, yeah. I'm definitely going to allow it. Well, thank oh, you. Well, I appreciate that. We'll talk 
talk about it, you know. It's it's a great movie. If, yeah. if you haven't seen it, go and see it. Yeah, we've, we've <laughs> certainly spent plenty of time on this show talking about how much we love Aladdin, how much we love Robin Williams' performance in it. Uh, beyond that, how memorable the music is. Um, you know, uh, my wife and I duet Whole New World every chance we get. Um, so, yeah, it's it's so fun. I just, I, I love so much about this movie. And, and really, one thing that people forget after time is how groundbreaking the animation uh like on the carpet escape and a lot of that stuff was oh that's um, like an- at 3D the time. animation mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, the, yeah it really broke a lot like remember people talking about seeing that in the theaters which i did not get a chance to do i wasn't watching movies in in theaters at this point um but uh talking about how crazy that escape scene was and how beautiful it was and you know on the big screen and stuff so um so yeah so aladdin is is uh my number one you guys have any thoughts nice. on it? Um, I mean, we're all on the same page about this, so I guess I, I, we should talk. We d- should discuss Aladdin a little more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell us about that, Aaron. You've, you're kind of my number one movie is Aladdin, and <laughs> yeah, uh, this is go. the the incredible story of a boy no in kid, a pur- that is spectacular pur- purple shirt uh, who really really wanted a, a muscle bound genie uh, for his genie and um, yeah that's Aladdin that's uh, funny for you. So is there that you Jesse go. the Body Ventura who is that I don't th- I don't know I, I can tell I don't who think that it's is. anybody I mean it's somebody Josh how dare you uh, my gut is that's nobody. not uh, in a, an American release is my gut yeah it's not even showing up on IMDB not a domestic release yeah, <laughs> yeah it's I, pretty great though oh I found it oh I found it <laughs> give, give us a synopsis yeah. give us a synopsis uh, Andrew okay uh, updating the old Aladdin Arabian Nights tale as a teenager in a modern day Miami finds a magic lantern and out pops a genie who's been asleep for 200 years and in his gratitude grants the boy several wishes came out in 1986 so aladdin is so aladdin is a remake uh, the actual title of this movie are you ready for this (laughs) sure super fantagenio not (laughs) aladdin Uh, Bud Spencer plays the it genie. It is Bud Spencer, Bud, yeah. Bud Spencer. <laughs> the, the, the great Bud Spencer uh, playing the genie. So, glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Uh, wow. All right. Oh, well, I am so going to watch this movie. <laughs> good luck finding it. Let us know if you find it somewhere. Uh, all right. Let's move on to our buried treasure for the week. Uh, what is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? Uh, I will kick us off. Uh, since we didn't get a chance to talk about it on any of the episodes, uh, I will mention Moxie, uh, that is also uh, just out on Netflix. Um, I did get a chance to watch this, and I did not necessarily... You know, I felt very similar to it than yesterday, in that it just didn't feel like it was for me, um, but that that might be enjoyed by many. I appreciated the intent of the message. I appreciated what it was trying to say. Um, I do wonder if it might have benefited from kind of mixing the cast around as far as who our protagonist was. Um, I found myself connecting to some of the periphery characters a lot more than our central character. Um, and for, for many different reasons. Um, but there are some interesting things here and, uh, and enough smiles and, and uh, moments that I think, especially for the target demo, uh, there might be some enjoyment here. So I wanted to mention Moxie 
um, which is just out on Netflix recently as well. Andrew, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with a Hulu movie. I'm going to go with Boss Level. Uh, just came out starring Frank Grillo, Mel Gibson. Hold on. We're oh. reviewing this next week, by the way. So this is this is on our schedule. For so <laughs> my buried treasure for this week is... <laughs> You can uh, go ahead, give some, give, go ahead and give some brief, brief thoughts. But you know, is, uh, Aladdin is, is it Aladdin. Your buried treasure is Aladdin. My buried treasure is so Aladdin, <laughs> guys. I got a chance to watch this movie in the last couple minutes, and I got to tell you, it's, it's, it's magical. It's, it'll take you to a whole new world called uh-huh. Miami. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Is it yeah. true that Aladdin uh, is just the remake of it? Apparently, Aladdin yeah. is just a, 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 an Arabian night tale. I didn't even know that. So yeah. I, I knew that there were the Arabian nights and stuff. But uh, yeah, so yeah, I'll, uh, we'll <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will talk about Boss Level next week. That is uh, one of our reviews uh, for next week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it might have been this week had Josh had uh, Hulu. <laughs> that that is true. A little behind the scenes. That was one of the yeah. That was one of the possibilities for this week. But uh, but Josh didn't want to get himself Hulu just to see boss level. So you know what? I do have a buried treasure actually. All I right, can fair throw enough. Out. Uh, there will be no. If you're watching the video, there is no like a actual like a poster Graphic. for it or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's a YouTube series from a channel called Neebs Gaming. Uh, these N E E B S gaming okay uh it's a bunch of guys from nashville i think uh who are just the goofiest set of guys and they uh they have playthroughs of like full games and they take games that don't technically have a story they're like a seven days to die it's a game that you can play for like forever and you just build stuff or like minecraft you know but they they create their own story within the game and it's so brilliant these guys are so funny because they actually work with their audio to like if somebody's really far away they'll be like screaming hey hey and you'll hear the echo in the world and stuff like that and you'll hear the person in the distance so it's them playing a game and it goes back and forth between them actually like trying to figure out the game mechanic and they talk about trying to figure out the game's mechanics and then trying to actually like make this a realized world. It's so funny. I I really recommend uh, watching Neebs Gaming. The ones that I've seen are The Seven Days to Die. You can actually go on their page and they have like like full playthroughs, like four hour long videos, but then they also have it cut up, you know. That's like a super cut. So nice. yeah, there we go. Neebs Gaming. Really, really, really funny. Very nice. Uh, Josh, what do you got? What's your buried treasure this week? Uh, I'm going to go a little more analog. Uh, I have taken a new hobby um, of whittling. This is a cowboy hat I whittled. Ooh. From a mere, from a mere block of wood. No, you didn't. You didn't I make did. that I cowboy totally, hat out of a block of wood. I didn't do a wood. hole for it. I totally did. Well, how am I supposed to wear it? How am I supposed to wear it? A piece of basswood. Here's uh, one I'm currently working on. I'm a big Indiana Jones fan, so I'm currently working on a an Indiana Jones wooden statue. Um, anyway, so my buried treasure is uh, a YouTube channel called Craft and Carve with Doug Linker. <laughs> um, okay. He is a whittler. Um, and 
I have taken up Dling, and so I found his tutorials very in, enlightening. But besides that, it's the most just relaxing. Like there's something so satisfying about watching somebody mm -hmm. just carve up wood, you know, and watching it slowly take shape. Like that's all it is. It's the you know, it's usually just his hand, you know, cutting mm -hmm. <laughs> cutting stuff until he makes a little fun thing out yeah. of it. Um. Anyway, I don't I don't know if it, if you're a whittler. You may know this already, but I would check it out. If you're not, and you still like, just want to relax, it might be worth it just to just put it on and just watch and relax. Um, he, uh, he's yeah. he's calming. <laughs> <laughs> I have woodworking uh, is so ther woodworking is so therapeutic. It really is. There's a lot of uh, a lot of people around me getting into uh, arts and crafts kind of stuff on Twitch too. Like just watching people knit or watching people, you know, whittle or watching people uh, sculpt or, you know, whatever the yeah, case, yeah. mold, uh, you know, like clay and stuff. So, yeah, no, I think that's, it's, I think it's really cool that a lot of those art forms are kind of coming to the surface in some niche ways and some interesting ways. Um, yeah. yeah, that's, that's cool. You're a maker that there's, a, I mean, there's the maker culture, but then even within that, there's just so many sub subcultures you know, in the yep. DIY maker world. Um, I love it. Nice. Carve and craft with Doug Linker. Uh, yeah. if you want to check that also out. Also, I knew it's probably pretty safe to put up there. You guys hadn't talked about it. Yeah. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, well, we did it, guys. We did a podcast. Woo! Congratulations to us. We did a podcast and all discovered our new favorite movie, Aladdin, uh, that we will all be checking out very, very soon. Thanks so I much swear for. I'm going to find that movie. Yeah, and yeah. I'm going to and I'm going to get the Blu-ray 4K steel box collectors <laughs> of it. Good, good. I'm glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcasting Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Oh, thank you, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Huge thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Hey, Phil! Thanks to Drew for putting together all the graphics for the show. Big clap! Big clap! Uh, and thank you to Josh for coming on the show again today. Josh, where do you want to send people to find you on the internet? Um, or, you know, your home address. It just, it's all up to you. <laughs> uh, you, can, uh, you can follow updates on, uh, on our movie stuff at uh, uh, The Nether Region on um, uh, what's it called Twitter. Um, and we have a YouTube channel, um, but we're, ma we're mainly, our presence is mainly Twitter and Instagram right now. Um, oh, yeah. That's the, that's the best. I have my personal Josh Childs, Josh W. Childs, I believe, is my personal Twitter handle um, as well. Nice. There you yeah. go. Give uh, give Josh a follow. Much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members as well for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month. Get access to all the bonus episodes, including some other fun perks as well. You can find out more info on that at patreon.com slash Sifpop. Uh, lots of ways to connect with us. You can leave a comment. You can rate the show. Uh, please leave a review wherever you listen. Uh, that helps us out quite a bit. 
Uh, or email us, feedback at sifpop.com if you have any questions for us or anything you want us to know. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show, too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than distinguish- distinguishing between an Egg McMuffin from McDonald's and an Egg McStuffin from McDowell's. Uh, we will be back next week with, yes, you heard me right, Zack Snyder's Justice League and Boss Level. Uh, we will talk about those both next week. So we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.